your Bibles with you this morning, let's open up to Ephesians chapter 3. From verse 14. Let's read together. From verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with the power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for an opportunity of coming into your presence. Father God, as we celebrate coming to your table and sharing the body of Christ and the celebration of the cup of redemption and restoration, we just thank you that we can come boldly this morning to your throne. And Father God, we just know that we need you more than ever before. Every day, every breath, Father, we need you. Father God, we need you just to put one foot in front of the other, Father God, knowing that you will guide our footsteps. Father, that you have a desire and a purpose for each one of us, that you would guide us, that we may bring glory to your name and to your kingdom. And so, Father, as we explore your word, Father, we just pray that you would indwell us with your spirit and give each one a nugget of wisdom this morning as we are ready to receive. And ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's that season when you drive down the roads. We This week we, we popped up to Thunder Bay quickly. We had to go and take care of some paperwork. And Timothy, for his birthday, we decided to take him up to his friend, uh, Trent, who stays in Thunder Bay, and so t I was a chaperone this week, running Timothy around with his friend, so they could spend time together. And, it, and he was so enamored spending time with his special needs friend that they just did everything together. They wanted to stay awake as late as possible, be with each other as early in the morning as possible, and then he, it just and it just got me thinking that their relationship is rather uncomplicated. We normal people like to have complicated relationships, do we not? I have complicated relationship with my parents, and they've already gone on to be with the Lord, right? Those days are gone. And yet, they're gone, and my relationship with my parents is still complicated. And so we, we think about 
our relationship with our friends, our loved ones, our families, your significant other. What do people do when they sit out on that ice, waiting for the fish to bite? (laughs) What a wonderful opportunity it is to spend talking to yourself. Do you answer yourself when you talk to yourself? It is a sure sign to be cognizant of. But it is another time just to spend in gratitude for what the world that seems totally barren out there. Who would think that in this weather something would be swimming alive underneath all that ice, ready to feed you and your family? And so it is with this Ephesian scripture. It speaks about the power of God. I was reading this uh, Miguel Rice. He says this, The same way that you are the main character of your story, you are only a secondary character in everybody else's story. Have you heard that? We spend so much time with ourselves... I think it becomes very easy to become the main character in our story. And everybody else just becomes a sideline to your hustle. And I wonder if that's what God has in store for humanity. You see, this is where I was in the beginning of my my life. I was on about my own hustle. I wanted to be the master of my own destiny. Then I met a a young lady who did a flannel graph story about the life of Jesus. Somebody who would be willing to give their life so that you and your story could be realigned with your creator. And anything that realigns you with your creator has to be an important story to tell. In our modern world we call that the story, but in Biblical times, you call it your testimony. How did you get to where you got to? And when we go to a cemetery and we look at that tombstone and we see the person's name and they were born in such and such a year and in such and such a date, there's the dash and then there's your end date. Not much of a summary, that dash, is it? And yet I know every time I go to a cemetery, I know that every single person was a living and breathing soul. Everybody had a chance to celebrate love and death and power and family and all these things. All this wasted potential. See, love and power are very interesting things. The Bible tells us that love is the greatest gift of all the spiritual gifts. If you've received the love of somebody, you know how precious it is. When my daughters love me, my wife loves me, or Timothy loves me, what a precious gift it is to receive that love. Pure love. Not the rubbish that we see on the movie screens and on our screens and all that type of stuff. No, real love. Love that would die for you. That would do anything for you. 
The love that if you phoned somebody at 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning, that that person would rush out, no matter what the need was, they would take care of your needs. And yet you and I have a heavenly Father that is available to us 24 hours a day. You're having a bad night sleeping, and you're waking up at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, you know what? God's awake with you. When you're going to bed at night, God is with you. When you wake up in the morning, God is with you. He loves you so much, He can even tell you how many hairs there are in your head. Do you love your children? Go and count the hairs on their head. I encourage you. Take a moment. <laughs> so power. So God has the ultimate power of all creation. And yet He loves us with an everlasting love. This is very interesting. Edward Abbey, a well-known American author, says this, Money confers the power to command the labor of others. Love of money is the love of power. And the love of power is the root of all evil. That's his take on the, the scripture, the love of money is the root of all evil. Do you like power? To what end do you need power? What, to what end do you need money? Does God need your money? No. I read somewhere this week, it was quite interesting, a, the, a man walking down the road, there was a man, a priest or somebody, money for the Lord? And the gentleman said, I'm going that way, when I meet Jesus, I'll give it to him. <laughs> and yet often, when we're speaking about camp ministries and you're speaking about shortfalls, we know that 860 young people went through the doors of this Bible camp this year. And every single one of them is free of charge. In Africa, we would use a word, a word that calls mahala, which means free. And often that which is received freely is often not really appreciated fully. The person who fits the bill understands the true cost. You've got a nice car, it's going to cost you to run. If it breaks down, you know it's going to cost you. What is your relationship to the cost versus needing something? And yet when you invest in God's kingdom, we know you're investing in the eternal. But before you invest in the eternal, the Bible tells us clearly, before you give anything, come to the Lord and say, Lord, what is it you're requiring of me? You see, prayer and action are where things begin. Everything in my life, even praying, coming to do a sermon on a Sunday morning, it, it starts off with prayer. The moment I get up, I'm, I'm walking to my shower, just saying, Lord, I, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I've got my, my stuff together this morning. I feel like my brain isn't even cognizant. As you get older, you... What the scriptures you used to know off by heart, you, you struggle to even remember the words. You say, Lord, what's happening? But as you pray, you, you sort of calm down and your spirit engages with the Spirit of God. And when you're having a young girl that's having a spirit of joy indwelling her, you understand that the God's Spirit is at work. And you want God's Spirit to be at work within you? Well, I know I'm desperate enough. It doesn't work to stand up in front of a, a crowd of people 
and you don't have your stuff together. It's rather embarrassing. But I'd rather not fall short in God's eyes. So I know that when I pray and intercede, God will act on my behalf as I know he will act on your behalf. So what is Paul saying? He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Can you take a moment to fathom that? How many families are there here at Graphite? How many families? Two, Robinsons and... Muscles, right? <laughs> but think, so we're just dealing with two families down here. But in how many families are there alive on the planet today? And yet how many families have been into, gone into extinction or in heaven today? In Jewish tradition in Rosh Hashanah, God judges humanity with the glance of the eye. That means God judges nine billion people by just casting his eye across the congregation of heaven and earth. How many families... I bow my knee before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Phew, does that, does that sound powerful to you? Does God know your name? And if he knows your name, do you understand that you have purpose? That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. And do you hear that with that young lady this week? The Bible camp ministry is one of the best places to see God do things immediately. Understand that God is in the long game. God is in the long game with you and your ancestry and your children's children's children. God is in the long game. Understand that. But God is in the now too. He is through His power and through His Spirit in your inner being right now. If you're a child of God and say, Lord, I am yours. I covenant with you for the rest of my life to be your child. No one else's, no other God, nothing. You're mine. His spirit will work in your inner being. Timothy got a nice little cowboy uh, Christian neck tie this morning. Maybe it works with us. It's hard to stumble when you're on your knees. Yeah. Right? How often do you spend on your knees? But if you're struggling and you're stumbling, get on your knees. Prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Prayer is about your conversation with God at all times, 24-7. That's what prayer means. To be in constant communion with God. That's why we have the bread. That's why we have the cup to understand that our relationship with God is the single most important reason for your existence and for one another. We are all made in His image. We are all His family. Prayer plus faith 
times action is what? Yes. Do you want results in your life or not? I know the results of my own life in my BC days and my AC days. Vastly different. I know what God has done in my life. So I can attest to the truth of this. Now the truth said this is only done through having a prayer life. Why pray? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. This is it. May have strength to comprehend with all the families in heaven, all the saints, what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Does God want you to know his breadth and length? Yes. Does God know what you, want you to know his height and depth? Yes. But it'll take eternity for us to delve in any direction. Because God is eternity past, eternity future. The love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. You see, when, you, when you're engaged in love and you know you're receiving love, love is more valuable. You cannot even explain why it is so valuable. It surpasses our ability to explain. And it surpasses our knowledge. You see, when you live your life and the root of your very being is rooted in choosing to love people, what is below is what appears on top. The more you love God, I'll tell you this much, the more you will love His children. I've learned that. Before I loved God, people were quite frustrated. People were quite selfish, childish. Even at 80, they could be quite childish. Self-centered. They were the masters of their own destiny. When I met God, I think Andy Stanley once said, what story do you want to tell? Do you want to tell your own story? Or do you want to tell the story of how God took you? And raised you up to high places. And you walk and see miracles around you. But love. When you love. It doesn't matter who is sitting in front of you. And what their problems are. It's amazing. Even the people that are the down and out. Loving them just somehow becomes so, so easy. When you love and see what God sees. It changes your life forever. And so God is saying, come my child. Come away. Draw away with me. When you read Jesus' life story in the Gospels, how often does Jesus draw away? To a quiet, secluded spot. I don't think he could go ice fishing. He want, if he wanted to, he could probably freeze Lake Galilee, but I don't think, we don't read that. But you see him drawing away to a quiet, quiet space to spend time in prayer and contemplation. Prayer and meditation are very important Christian disciplines. 
The New Age movement has in many ways stolen that from the Christian church. Because men and women in the Middle Ages, people would go join monasteries. They would go on quiet pilgrimages where they would go along the way to say, you tell your wife or your husband, I'm going to go on a pilgrim for a while. And I'll see you. But they go and spend time intentionally understanding their relationship with God and putting God at the forefront of their lives. The breadth and length, the height and depth, God is inviting you into that relationship with Him. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. We've often used that one, don't we? But what is this power at work? Is it, is it not love at work? When Jesus was on the cross, was it not love at work? When you're waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning to go and help one of your children with something, isn't it love at work? And God is saying that abundance, God's saying He will give you love in abundance. He will give you hope in abundance. He will give you peace in abundance. And I'll tell you now, I know a lot of people here that could use a little bit of peace, but of hope, but of love. Every single one of those children coming out during this summer, I'm telling you now, they need a bit of peace, they need a bit of hope, they need a bit of love. And if we, the church, are not modeling this, are we waiting for Jesus to come back and model it? Or is he said, I'm going to the Father, that whatever you ask in my name, we'll do it for you. And so the fruit of the Spirit is your and my calling. He's just saying, you've got to plug into the power. I wake up in the morning, plug into the power that is God. Say, Lord, here am I this morning. Here's the day. Lord, guide me in everything. Think about who's writing this letter. You've got this guy called Paul, who used to be Saul, that also had his Damascus moment. He was trying to kill the, these new Christian upstarts. And now he's in jail and he's in chains. Not in a fancy new modern prison with running water and flushing toilets. Do you remember last week when we were speaking about Hope Grows and we were listening about those, those people don't even get meals. You can't even take photographs of the people in jail because they're so emaciated and no one wants the story to get out because they can't afford to feed the prisoners. Do you think the prisons in Canada and the U.S. are like this? Or they're almost like getaway retreats. Paul wasn't in a romantic situation. He was in true bondage for Christ. But if you read what he's writing, is he feeling sorry for himself? Does he sound like somebody who's without hope? Who's down and out? No, he's on about God's family. He says, family, don't worry about where I am. This is part of God's story in my life. God is going to use this to glorify his name. And thereby, 
2,024 years later, you and I are still talking about this. That prison stint that he paid with was no exciting picnic. But boy, it's given us some food for thought. The Spirit was truly working in his life. And if that is true, then you and I have got to go with the rod. Andy Alcorn says this, you and I are characters in God's story. Handmade by him, every character serves a purpose. You were made in God's image. And if God made you in his image, God doesn't make mistakes. You are perfectly and wonderfully made. When you look in the mirror, appreciate what God made. Appreciate the body that you've been given. If you don't like your body, repent of it. That is sin. That is pride. The human body is an amazing piece of engineering. As you get older and some of the parts start wearing and tearing, you'll remember what I said. Be grateful. Life is amazing. We live in an amazing world. What is not to enjoy? The sun beating down on our necks. Life is not a punishment. The world keeps telling us that. Oh, woe is us. It's really hard. No, it's not. The world is amazing. And it's our playground. It's something we can cherish and enjoy. We can enjoy and cherish one another. Because power is in love. Power is in the fruit of the Spirit. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He will lead you because he has a purpose for you. A purpose to grow you and to encourage you that one day even in heaven your story will continue because God's story continues. And you're not an accident. You're an integral part of his story. Amen. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that before the foundation of the earth, you knew that each one of us would be here on earth today. And Father God, I thank you for every family that is represented here this morning. I thank you that you've called them to be at Graphite this day. I thank you for all the people that we can cherish and love on. Father God, all the other congregations in our area, whether it be the bridge, Bancroft Chapel, the Mab Chapel, all the other churches in our area. Father God, all the families represented in your kingdom. Father God, we want to pray your blessing upon each one of your families. Father God, raise them up this week to live a great walk with you. May they go out into their communities and make a change and a difference for your kingdom that you may receive the glory. And that, Father, that each one of us should just give us a, a spirit of prayer this week and for the rest of our lives until you call us home. That Coming to your throne room is the easiest thing we can do just to have a successful and purposeful life. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen.